If you've ever wondered what it would be like to be the general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, this episode is for you. Dr. David K. Bernard explains the duties of the general superintendent and what it is like to be the leader of the world's largest oneness Pentecostal organization. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to check out Dr. David K. Bernard's books. Dr. Bernard has written more than 30 books on biblical theology and Christian living and leadership. Visit PentecostalPublishing.com and search David Bernard for a list of available titles. Enter promo code DKB10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. That's PentecostalPublishing.com, promo code DKB10 to save 10% at checkout. This particular episode is airing on Memorial Day, which, of course, here in North America, we would say is the unofficial start of summer. So because of that, we're going to do a little bit of a maybe a change of pace today. Our question is going to be a little bit unusual compared to what we normally talk about. You're the general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, which means you're the leader of our organization. So the question for today is, what is it like to be the general superintendent? Can you walk us through what your responsibilities are and maybe tell us what a day in the life of the general superintendent is like? All right. If you really want to know, I'll do my best. Uh, Let me first describe what the role is. Um, So the general superintendent is the general overseer of all aspects of the work. We have a constitution for the UPCI, and one of the things it says Um, is the general manager of all the divisions. So all the various divisions, ministries report to the general superintendent directly or indirectly. Um, General superintendent is the chair of the general conference, chair of the general board. So the general conference is the highest governing body. The general board acts in between the general conference and then the executive board. So the general superintendent is the chair of those boards and that conference. Um, The general superintendent can't personally go to all district conference, but either he or his designated uh, executive representative is supposed to conduct the elections of all the district conferences. Um, And then the general superintendent is the chair of the global council, which is our international governing body, coordinating body. So you might say the CEO, you know, in, in American terms, we think of as the, like the president of the United States. It'd be a very similar role in many ways. Now, what it doesn't mean, the general superintendent is not the pastor of pastors, not the pastor of district superintendents. Each local church is self-governing, so the general superintendent doesn't have the right to go into local church and tell them to do anything. Um, Likewise, each district um, has its own operation, so the general superintendent may guide and advise, and he does preside over the elections of district conferences, but the district superintendent presides over the rest of the business and over the sectional conferences. So really, the district is a self-governing unit. 
in some ways, again, uh, those who are familiar with U.S. law, it's like federalism. You know, you have a state government that is not directly accountable to or controlled by the federal government. There are interactions, certainly. Um, and then around the world, each as, uh, you know, we have uh, churches in almost every nation of the world, and some of them are organized with their own leadership. When they come to maturity, they get their own constitution, their own um, organization, and they're completely self-governing. But they're connected through the global council with ties of doctrine and fellowship and coordination of international efforts. Those that are not self-governing are led typically by missionaries from North America, which of course, global missions were to report to the general superintendent. So I would be directly supervising all those. Uh, I say directly, it's obviously delegated, but I would have responsibility over all those works that are operated from North America. I wouldn't really have responsibility for self-governing works except as the chair of the global council. In that regard, is kind of like the king of England uh, and the commonwealth. So while they're self-governing nations, they're, they're still bound in, in ties of friendship and uh, uh, trade agreements and special status. And so the king kind of symbolically, when he goes to those countries, at least in theory and in the past, it's had less today, um, that he kind of is a symbolic symbol of the, the unity of the British Commonwealth. And so in a way, um, uh, I, even though it might be a self-governing country, in some way I'm representing the example, the influence, and the guidance of the international church. Okay, so hopefully that gives some description of what I do. Uh, so on a practical level, every week is different, but of course our headquarters is in St. Louis, actually the suburb Weldon Spring, Missouri, USA. I have offices here. So I'm usually in office a portion of three out of four weeks. And I'm usually traveling every week to various conferences or uh, ministerial events or ministry events, ministering sometimes in local churches. So although I'm not required to minister in local churches, frequently I'm asked to do special occasions, uh, anniversaries, dedications, installations, uh, or just ministering in a church to represent the UPCI. So almost every weekend, I'm preaching in a local church somewhere. Uh, now, I do block off time for vacations, for holidays. And so I'm, uh, you know, I'll take a couple of weeks at Christmas or a week at Thanksgiving. And maybe some of those days I'll be working from home or uh, working on the road through, you know, with the internet, uh, email, text, and phone. You can do almost everything. But just as a general rule, then, um, I try to be in the office physically uh, three out of four weeks. Not always the whole week, because many of those weeks I'm going to a conference or something. But having a physical presence, because throughout the year there are meetings. So there are various in-house meetings, like the senior leadership team, the all-executives meeting, or uh, there are also various committees and boards that come to St. Louis to meet. And usually I will meet with them for a time, even if I'm not chairing that meeting or I'm not on that board. They want me to come, give vision, direction, answer questions, uh, work on a particular issue that they may be working on, a problem or proposal they may have. So I need to be physically available for meetings with individual leaders, 
uh, with employees, with boards, with committees, uh, as well as just doing office work of trying to keep up with letters, emails, texts, phone calls. Um, and, and so just to do all that, I need to be physically in office, I feel like. Um, and so that's the goal I've set. But every week, except for um, the times I blocked off for vacation or holidays or rest, uh, I am traveling somewhere to a conference, a ministerial event, or preaching in a local church. Uh, I still try to preach in the church that I established in Austin, which is pastored by Rodney Shaw. But approximately, uh, I, my wife's parents are still living. So for for things like Mother's Day and Father's Day, we try to be there with them. And uh, usually I'm asked to preach in a New Life Austin approximately six times a year. And then uh, there are 21 works that came out of that original work, either as daughter works or ministers sent from that church in the Austin area. So I usually try to preach for those as they ask, and I can usually get around to them about once every two years. So perhaps one-third of the Sundays I'm going to be preaching in Austin or in Central Texas for a daughter work, former daughter work, or maybe even a neighboring church that I've had close relationships over the years. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of travel. Uh, I usually, uh, before I was general superintendent, I was taking three overseas missions trips a year for preaching and teaching. Uh, I've expanded that typically to five. And again, for some, they want and need specific teaching, preaching. But for many, um, it's uh, part of maintaining a close relationship with the international church, sometimes seeking guidance or direction. I think it's very important as we get more and more national churches. We have about 60 churches with their uh, 60 nations with their own self-governance. So they could just be totally independent if they wanted. So I feel like it's part of my job to keep them connected through vision, through fellowship, through support. And even though some are self-governing, they're relatively new, so they still want and need guidance. Uh, if there are problems, they want support, they want help, they want advice. And so I try to be strategic. In fact, um, I've visited every um, nation where we have at least 25,000 constituents. And in Europe, the Middle East, the churches aren't that big. I've visited every national church where we've had at least 2,000 constituents. And we have 58 districts in the U.S. and Canada, which is our home base. So I made it a point when I became general superintendent to try to visit every one of those for a district conference, a ministerial seminar, a camp, or some big event. So it took me five or six years to visit the first round just because of scheduling. Um, so many conferences are at the same time, and I can't travel all the time. Um, and so I've pretty much, I think, done the second round of all of that. And I try to be strategic of the districts that ask for my help or want me to be there. The largest districts, the districts that have the greatest need of growth based on the population. Uh, so I can go there and be strategic and encouraging them, planning with them or, or inspiring them if I can from my position. So, um, every week is different. There is no typical week. I do try to take off one day a week. So if I'm back in Texas preaching on the weekend, a lot of times I'll take Saturday off or Monday off. If I have to go a couple of weeks of solid trips, I'll try to take two days off, three days off. 
Uh, sometimes I'll take a week at home in our permanent home in Austin, uh, but I'll be working intermittently. So I may work two or three of those days uh, through Zoom and email and calls. And, you know, some many of those are full work days, but it's working from home where I can concentrate on certain projects. Uh, so it's it's a great variety. We're very busy, but um, I'm trying to guide each division and ministry, try to be available to each district, try to be available to each nation, uh, try to cast vision for the whole organization, uh, try to work with policies, procedures, uh, structure. Uh, a big part of it is financial oversight. Uh, but we have teams that do all that. You know, we have a general secretary treasurer. We have a chief administrative officer. We have a finance committee internally. We have a budget committee of the general board externally. Uh, we have uh, general board meetings twice a year and I give a report to them. We have a general conference one year. I give a report to the general conference. So I think it's very important for me to be accountable. Uh, even though I'm the CEO, I have to be accountable to um, the the general board and the general conference, and I have to work with leaders who are elected in their own right. So it's not just me a matter of telling them to do things. It's a matter of working together. Uh, I cast vision for the whole organization, but they have vision for their own area, and I'm trying to support them in what they and their boards want. Uh, so it's a collaborative effort, uh, I hope, a team leadership where no one person could do it all and no one person could uh, be the answer for everything, but together we can have an effective team that can accomplish the will of God. Financially, we have we have various structures, and legally we have Urshan College, Urshan Graduate School of Theology, uh, Urshan Support Organization. We have the United Pentecostal Foundation, the United Pentecostal Loan Fund, Ministers Retirement Fund, Insurance Company, and so I'm on all those boards in one way or the other. Uh, so to get the work done, we have many different entities, but we all flow into the umbrella of the United Pentecostal Church International. So it's my job to be uh, the managerial leader and hopefully um, the, the spiritual leader uh, in a general sense of helping all of us to move forward in the will of God. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share apostolic life in the 21st century with a friend or family member. And make plans to join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.